You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 22 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I am delighted to welcome onto the line the editor of the Toolstation Western League bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. Merry Christmas. How was your big day? Uh-huh. Merry Christmas to you too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was pretty good. I think all, all things considered. So yeah, I had a good, a good time. Had a couple of good days after that as well. Yeah, it's good to good to speak to you. How how are you doing? Well, I'm recovering. Uh-huh. I'm recovering from a, a very merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Much too merry. What did um What did Santa bring in his sack huh. for you then? Uh, I've got a couple of books. Uh, you know, a few clothes, bits and bobs. Nothing. Nothing too well. I say nothing too exciting. It's all exciting, isn't it? But yeah, uh, yeah, the basics, I guess you call it in, in Christmas in this, this day and age. Nothing, nothing too um, extravagant. How about you? Um, well, I have a number of hobbies, some of which I I I, I would choose not to share with the listeners of the Tom Station Western League podcast. Um, but um, one of my interests um, outside of non-league football is um, I, I, I am quite interested in sharks. Okay. And um, my wife um, has uh, uh, got for me a uh, basically sponsored me a shark. So now I'm, I have, I, 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 I'm going to say I was about to say I have an interest in a in a in a giant hammerhead, but that would make it, it makes me sound like a racehorse owner. <laughs> um, but I, and I don't. To be fair, I you know I don't think one can't you know I don't want to get too philosophical on the on the Tool Station Wrestling podcast, but one can't really buy a, a shark. You know they are free beings to you know free to roam the oceans of the world and all that sort of thing but anyway yes so i i, I was fascinated by that and you, you can you can go online and you can sort of learn about the shark and where it is and all that sort of stuff so i i, I thought it was a very interesting interesting present really there you go there's a you're looking through the keyhole of my life there so oh, yeah. uh, i think i think it's about time we we moved swiftly on um on this week's tool station westerly podcast well I'll leave it to you, the listeners, to decide whether we've gone from the naughty list or the nice list. Um, we hear from uh, Lee Perks, the manager of um, Brislington, and we also hear from First Division manager Andy Crabtree, of course, the manager of um, of Warminster Town. Um, so uh, they join us on, on this week's podcast. Um, but we are going to kick off. We had an interesting festive um um, calendar of fixtures, didn't we, Tom? Staggered over a couple of days, which is something that uh, I'm certainly not used to in in recent seasons. But we're going to kick off on Sunday, the 26th of December, and we'll start our roundup in Saltash, where they took on Millbrook. Yeah, absolutely. So there was a yeah, pretty well, as as has been a, the, the theme of the festive period. Not surprisingly, but there was some huge crowds, and yeah, 326 uh, took this one in it. Uh, the Kimberley Stadium, and it was, uh, yeah, I hope they stayed to the end because there was some late drama in this one. Uh, Soltash uh, did go ahead. A uh, debut goal on the hour mark from Ruben Wilson. Uh, he put the Ashes in charge, but uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a late sucker punch, really, from uh, Millbrook's Josh Toulson. Uh, he managed to, to grab an equaliser uh, pretty uh, pretty, uh, pretty late in, the, late in the piece, and that, um, yeah, helped their long unbeaten run just about stay intact. But uh, yeah, um, a, a draw there between Soltash and Millbrook. Now we move into Somerset and um, for a derby between two Somerset sides. Bridgewater, of course, we know have been going well in recent games and Shepton Mallet are starting to earn themselves the title of party poopers. Another massive crowd here, 375 saw this one in Shepton Mallet and uh, the, the home fans certainly would have gone home happy here, Tom. 
Yeah, pretty tight one this, but uh, a couple of goals uh, in the space of five minutes during the second half really, uh, yeah, well, did all the damage really for, for Shepton, uh, running out 2-0 victors in the end. Uh, first one, uh, a penalty, Nick Hewlett smashing smashing home after Aaron Sevier had been in hauled down in the uh, United box. It was about 65 minutes in or so, so about halfway through the, through the second half. And then, yeah, just uh, a couple of minutes later, it was Shepton again who managed to, to, to double their lead, and it was Finn Haynes uh, adding another goal. And, uh, yeah, that's a good result for, for Shepton in front of another another mega crowd down there. And we finish uh, our premiership roundup, at least on Sunday, the 26th of December, at, at the Devon Derby, Tavistock mm. against Buckland Athletic. And our league leaders look in imposing form going into the new year, Tom. Yeah, really, really well, really fantastic start to this one. Uh, it's free, scoring three goals in the opening quarter of the game, so really flying out the blocks. Uh, and that was that was all they needed to do, holding on to a, a free goal advantage for, for the remainder of the contest. Uh, a couple of goals uh, from Dan Coiter uh, and also an own goal. So, uh, yeah, a really fast start from Tavistock, 3 up within 20, 20 minutes or so. Uh, and that's how it stayed throughout. So, they uh, yeah, they become the first side to uh, reach 50 points this season in the Premier Division. 3-0 uh, win over Buckland. Now, we had one game in the First Division, uh, and that was Sherbourne Town uh, against Radstock Town. And we had one game, really, thanks to those two clubs mm. moving heaven and earth um, to get some First Division football on. Yeah, credit to, to credit to both of them. It was very arranged, pretty pretty late in the piece. Obviously, we've seen a couple of uh, a couple of postponements recently for, well, yeah, COVID and, and, and then the weather also kicked in, didn't it, on the weekend, which was a bit disappointing. But... Uh, yeah, Sherbourne managing to, to put a game together, uh, hosting Radstock, and they'll be glad they did. Uh, a 4-0 win, big win for, for Sherbourne. Um, now only five points off top of division, which I think we'll look at later. But, um, yeah, really, really important important three points. And, uh, yeah, it came in pretty uh, pretty fine style. Tom Budden uh, getting the ball rolling after uh, after about 35 minutes or so. And from there, they didn't really look back. Uh, Declan Cornish and Ollie Hebbard uh, scoring... Uh, uh, each in the, in the start of the second half, making it 3-0. Uh, and then it was Anthony Herring later on, making it 4. So uh, a really big win for, for the Zebras over Radstock. Now we move on to Monday, the 27th of December, and Brislington took on Ashton and Bratwell United. Yeah, and it was another, another home win, which was a, was a little bit of a theme, I think, over the, over the weekend, it'd be fair to say. And it was a 4-0 victory for, for the home side in this one, Brislington. Uh, Jordan Scadding, he was the, uh, the standout performer, uh, scoring a hat-trick. Uh, scoring twice midway through the first half, uh, and then it was George Jones who made it 3-0 uh, before a stoppage time uh, fourth, and that was from Scadding to, to complete his hat-trick. So, uh, yeah, impressive afternoon from Scadding and, uh, and and the team. Yeah, Brislington certainly getting their season back on track with that impressive win, so I thought that was a good opportunity to get back in touch with their manager, Lee Perks. And I started off by our conversation by congratulating him on the win, and I asked him whether it was as comprehensive as the school line suggests. I think when we got the second goal, to be honest with you, I think um, there was only going to be one team that was going to win it. Um, and that's how it planned out, to be honest with you. Uh, we come out, they, they come at us for a bit, for 10 minutes, which, which I was expecting. Um, they never really had any sort of, um, or our keeper never had to make any sort of save, but it got into the sort of 18-yard box. And But then we broke away, then we scored to make it free. And um, I think they realised then that they weren't going to get back into it. And then we managed to get the fourth right on the... Uh, into injury time, to be honest. But, yeah, I think we were um, worthy winners on the day, to be honest. Because that was your first win for a while, but results have been improving for you in December. You had two good draws against Buckland and Ilfracombe. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, prior to that, I think we lost our four games before that. 
and then obviously we went down to Overcombe, which is a hard place to go. Um, we managed to get a draw down there, but we could have won that one. It could have went either way, to be honest with you, but on chances, we, we could have won it. And then we went to, the week after we went to Buckland's, we had two, you know, two long coach journeys. We went to Buckland. Uh, we managed to get our noses in front there. They come out and equalise. And then we had a man sent off in sort of 48, 50th minute. So it was back against the walls for sort of half an hour, 40 minutes. But the lads dug in and done really well, to be honest. I was, you know, well pleased that we managed to come away with a draw at Buckland. Buckland is not, you know, not an easy place to go. And then obviously on um, Monday... Uh, we um, managed to beat Toronto Rashton Batwell. So yeah, three games without a loss has been uh, it's been a good good few weeks for us. Well, the other um, important thing about the win over Rashton Batwell it was it was your first clean sheet for a while. Um, do, do, you, do, you, <laughs> yeah. do you do you think your defensive performances have been letting you down a bit this season? Well, to be honest with you, I mean we we took some amarins over the um, months before. Um, you know, I think I think it was eight against Salt Ash, seven against Brit. Um, Bridgewater and then it was 11 against Exmouth but you know it, it wasn't it was the reason we, we got them game we got beat every is because I just never had the squad to pick from um, and that's no really excuse and, but when you take you know you're missing four or five of your experienced players you take that out them out of any team then we're going to be struggling and that's what's been happening at the you know a couple of months before the Christmas period but over the last three games, we've managed to have the squad um, which we needed. Um, a good squad as well when players have been coming back from injuries, suspensions. And yeah, you, we can notice the difference against the last three games we played. And obviously you can see it in our results as well. So hopefully going forward, um, like I said to him in the changes after that, you know, we can be we can be up there if we get the players available. And that's what we need to do. And, and you know, it's no excuse. I know every team gets this um, goes through a period where they can't get their side. But like I said, I've been at the club for a long time, and I think this year has been the worst year for me for trying to get the you know the fourteen um, players I need on the pitch at one time. To be honest with you, I mean, you, you say it's no excuse, and I understand what you're saying because it's it's been the same for every club in the Western League this season. Yeah. But I think we're fighting a war on more than one front. I mean, there always used to be. Problems that sides had competing to get players out on a on a Saturday, but yeah. now we're living with the you know the legacy of of the of the COVID lockdowns where people haven't been able to yeah. see family and go on holiday or get married those things, and of course yeah. now we're sort of heading into the winter months where the number of cases is a record high, and you know we're seeing games even at the highest level of professional football being being called off. So I mean. You, you, to be fair, you, you, you're doing pretty well to to keep putting a side out. Yeah, I, you're right. I mean, like, like I say, the, the earlier months where we were struggling to to get a side, I think it's where you know there was weddings called off in you know every, you know stag dues and all the rest of it, and that's where players. While well, I was losing players, I lost six players in one game down at Bridgewater, where um, one of my players was getting married and managed to take five of the other players with him on his stag do. So you know that was all planned. There's not a lot we can do, but yeah, I mean we are lucky. We're keep we are we are going. And like I say, but you know, as as a club, and as a lot of you know a lot of clubs, there's not there's not massive massive players around anymore to try and get. But um, you know, hopefully, like I said, going forward, if we can get if I can get what we you know the players I I need to get in the squad week in week out. I know we're always we're not going to get everyone available. I know that, but. When you, like I say, you take five or six out of your squad, then we're then we're going to be struggling. Whoever we're playing, but like I say, the last couple of games we've managed to have the players available, and um, it's been good. And hopefully, going forward, we can 
we can pick up points and start climbing the table because I, I, I personally believe with the players I've got in the changing rooms who are available to me, you know, when, when everyone's available, then we are, we're a very good side. Um, well, we'll get to your sort of position in your, your table in, in a minute, but yeah. one last question I had really about, um, about the Christmas period was there's been a lot of press reports about managers in, you know, in, in the professional game, in, in particularly in the Premier League, thinking that we should have had a, a short break from playing football while squads could um, cope with whatever COVID um, yeah. uh, interruptions they were, they were facing. Now, that's at, that's at the Premier League and the professional level, I know. But, I mean, did you think, with, with the headlines as they were in the build-up towards Christmas, did you ever think either we were destined to have another break or did you think perhaps actually we should have done? Um, personally, I don't think we should have done. I think we should just carry on the way we can. Um, I know obviously in the Premier League or in the EFL League, they're testing players every other day. I mean, we haven't got that facility to do that. Um, maybe if we did, you don't know, you know, there may be players what may be testing positive when they don't get those sort of um, reactions to it. Um, but for me, I think we just need to go as long as we can. Like, yeah, again, I mean, if we if, if we go down with four or five players with COVID, then we're going to be in the same situation. But, you know, touch wood at this minute in time, everyone. I, I have had a couple of players which has um, tested positive and stayed away. But it's the way it is, and that's the way it is going forward. And, you know, there's, it's just we're going to be able to, going to have to live with it, I think. I, you know, and we, we just need to carry on as much as we can. And if we, if we get into our next month in, then we can. If we don't, then we don't. Everyone's in the same situation. Right, well, that's enough talk of the virus. You're 14th in the table at the moment. And where would you like to see Brislington finish come the end of the season? Well, like I said, if if um, if, I, if we can get everyone available, um, I think we, we could be in, you know, there's nothing stopping us between, between being halfway or eighth um, and pushing for a little bit higher. But, you know, we, I don't know how many games we've got left. Well, 17, something like that. There's a load of points to play for. Um, we haven't played a... A lot of the top sides, in fairness, we haven't played Tavistock yet, so you know all these games are going to be they're going to be hard. But like I said, there's no easy game. But yeah, for me, where we are at the moment, anything above where we are, and I think we could be. There's no, nothing stopping us from being at least tenth, you know, at the end of the season, or if not, a little bit higher. We say there's no easy games. You've got two particularly difficult ones coming up: Canesham on January the third, and then Mousel away on January the fifteenth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Kingston obviously is a is a, growing a mile away, a mile down the road from us. So that's another derby, um, which we we look forward to, and no doubt we look forward to going to Mousel because um, we've never been there before, and you know them, them them teams we haven't been to is something different. You know, it's different settings, and you know they are a long way, and you know you know it is what it is. We we, we all know we got to play a moment away. I mean, they got to do the travelling as well. So you know these games will be something to look forward to, really. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a lovely part of the world, and as long as the traffic stays off the road, you'll have a, you'll yeah. have a good journey down there. I went earlier this year mus, uh, myself, so I can recommend a trip to Mausel. Um, one final question for you, Lee. Um, other yeah. than the three points that you got against Ashton and Backwell, what Christmas presents did Santa bring you this year? <laughs> Me, um, just the normal stuff, really. Your socks, your pants, and your um, deodorant, but. Um, Hopefully, if I can pick up a new, a couple of new signings along the way before um, before end of January, that I'll class that as a couple of Christmas presents as well. 
And my thanks to Lee for his time. One more game in the Premier Division on Monday, the 27th of December. And that was between Clevedon Town going well and Street having a bit of a wobble. And that continued here, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. It was another, another home win uh, and another big win and another hat-trick hero for the for the winning side. And that was Archie Ferris, who, uh, who scored three goals for, for Clevedon in a 4-1 win. It was in the end. But they did have to come from behind, interestingly enough. Uh, Alessandro Costanza, that must must be your oh. name of the day. Yeah, I think that will win. Oh. I can predict that one already. Uh, he 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 got the uh, yeah, got the game's first goal, uh, putting Street ahead inside the tenth minute. But yeah, from there it was pretty much all downhill, unfortunately. Uh, Archie Ferris, who, sorry Ferris, who I mentioned, uh, got got the hat trick. His first came pretty soon after that opener. Uh, Mitch Od, Mitch Odsman's cross, uh, headed home, uh, and it was then him again just prior to half time. Uh, Ferris making it 2-1 before Glenn Hayer made it 3 so yeah um, 10 minutes into the second half and they were they were in charge at that stage uh, and then yeah with about 15 minutes or so left uh, they added a fourth uh, from the spot uh, Ethan Felton brought down and it was Ferris who converted so uh, another another impressive home victory in, in your youth Tom were you ever a player of the game um, football manager I think previously known as championship manager oh yeah definitely dabbled yeah now because of course you you know they they the database has descended into you know the lower reaches of the non leagues and I, I think that can we can we give the listeners the name of that street goal scorer again of course we can so that was Alessandro Costanza now that is the name that is the name of a player that regardless of whatever his stats look like you would buy in football manager isn't it really but but of course what you should have done really is buy the Clevedon Town um, hat trick hero. Mm. Well, um, Ar- Archie Ferris, wasn't it? Archie Ferris, go. that's correct. Yeah. There we go. Let's give him. Let's give him the credit that his goal scoring exploits deserve. If you're thinking Tool Station, I know they'll save me money, but do they have all the top brands? You know, Dewalt, Makita, Einhell, Stanley, Myra, Kudox, Nest, and Santex. Yeah. They do. Over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Uh, anyway, enough of that nonsense. Let's move into the first division. And the game that I was at on Monday, the 27th of December, Devises Town. Well... What can we say about Devizes Town that we don't say every week on the podcast? Took on high-flying Warminster Town. <laughs> the good thing about derby matches, Tom, is that the form book goes out the window. Um, but it didn't quite go out the window here. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I mean, uh, yeah, obviously goalless first half, uh, but it was, yeah, it wasn't a it wasn't a runaway victory by any means for Warminster, as you say, who are uh, towards the top of the division, one of the one of the top sides I'd say so far this season. Uh, but it was, yeah, a couple of second-half goals helping them to victory. It was uh, Lewis Graham who got the first, and then Seth Wayne pretty late on, uh, securing the 2-0 win uh, for them on white devices. Yeah, very, very late, that um, that second um, Warminster goal. But I have to give credit where it's due. Warminster were the better side on the day. But a, a resolute... Um, performance um, by Devizes Town, which um, I was certainly pleased to see. And um, that augurs well um, for the, for the well, for the end of the season anyway, for, for 2022. Um, anyway, that's enough about me talking about Devizes Town. Why don't we talk about Warminster Town and welcome back an old friend and a great supporter of the Tool Station Western League podcast. I mean, Warminster Town are a fantastic football club and we talk about Roland Millward regularly 
on the podcast. I know Roland is a is a you know he's a massive supporter of what we do. So it's um it's always a pleasure to cover Warminster Town because they're a, they're a great club, and I know many people in the league have got a lot of time um, for them. Andy Crabtree is a real character. I would imagine he's he's been on as many naughty lists for Santa as he's been on nice, but I, I certainly found him in excellent form and normally do. Um, when I um, when I speak to him on the podcast, so I started my conversation with him this week by congratulating him on that win, and um, I did have to say to him that to be fair, the better side did take the three points. I thought it was a, a pretty even game, to be honest. We we flattered the deceiver, created a few chances, and um, maybe could have had a few more, but I don't think that would have been fair on devices, to be honest. And I thought on the day did did really well with the young side they had. Yes, I was from a Devizes fans' perspective. I was certainly pleased with the, you know, with 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 how the defence performed. They, 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 there's a bit more, there's a bit more steel in there now. But I, I have to say that the last time I saw you play Devizes, you won six nil, and then Boris Johnson knocked the country down. So going into the game, I was a bit worried that both of those things were going to happen again. <laughs> no, not this time, not quite. <laughs> might come to a standstill but he won't shut it down <laughs> I mean, can't in, afford the furlough payments well no that's true but I mean in all seriousness did you have any concerns sort of going into the winter period that you know even the FA might say look you know enough is enough we think we're going to take a couple of weeks off lads I, I think to be honest I think everybody I, we've all looked at the news in the last few weeks and you're thinking yeah get Christmas out the way and he might close down for the new year I, I, that was my sort of trainer for but he seems to be reluctant to do it I mean all other cases keep rising and keep rising don't they I mean just before we sort of move on to how well your season's going because it is going very well um, you know I'm, I'm um, there was a you know there was a good gate as you would expect at the Wiltshire Derby for your visit to Devizes and of course you've got a couple more games coming up against them uh, again this season it wasn't that long ago that Warminster found themselves in the same position as Devizes so how did you manage to turn things around? Well it was difficult I mean you know it's a very fine line you know I I remember um, we couldn't buy a win we really couldn't buy a win when I first went back to Warminster we we were rock bottom you know and there's no disrespect to anybody the players we had weren't Western League standard and it stuck out like a sore thumb a thumb even um, we should have been relegated there's no two ways about it we worked hard during the summer and we got a, a lot of local players in and we started well and then we lost our way a little bit um, once the heavier pitches got in and we went for good fortune to sign a few more experienced players um, many of whom are still with us you know, and, and we've gone on from there, and, and, and they gained experience. They were young, but they gained experience. We were a little bit more wise, you know, street wise, shall we say? And um, and we've gone on from there, you know. And we're not the finished article by any means, but you know, we have got a good team spirit. And the boys have been together now, probably for most of them's been there for three three seasons. Well, I mean, you say you're not the finished article, but you're currently sitting third in the table, and you have been on a very, very good run of form over the last couple of um, of months. And I mean, that's no fluke, is it? No, I mean, I mean, we started the season. We, we were, and I said it earlier. I think when we um, when we had a chat earlier in the season, 
we were struggling to get a side out, you know, with weddings, holidays, and the same as everybody else was. So some weeks you find you have plenty of players, and next week you were struggling to get free to sit on the bench, you know. Um, it was difficult. And um, by hook or by crook, we sort of got by, and I said, you know, let's see where we can get to by Christmas. Luckily, we put a good run together, you know, since he... Since the end of September, I think we've done we've done exceptionally well. I think we've only lost one game since then. We haven't, you know, we haven't particularly played well, but we've just ground out results. And you know, say to the players, you know, we've played 23 games. You've got 17 cup finals left, and you know, every game we treat like a cup final. It's and that's the way that's the way we do things, you know. We don't look further than well, I certainly don't. I know they don't. I encourage them not to, you know, look at the next game and go from there. Um, yourselves, Sherborne and Wincanton at the moment I would say are the form teams at the division in the division. Welton have had a little bit of a dip. Um, do you think they can be caught? Well, they were fourteen points clear, now there's six, I think, of us and five of um Sherborne. I mean were they ever going to have a good a second part of the season as they did first? I'd probably say not, and they'd probably say it themselves, you know. To do what they did was absolutely amazing. I mean, what was it, 20 games unbeaten? That's, 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 a, that's a one-off, and, you know, and you know, I take my hats off to them. But Sherborne, you know, they're a very good side. As a win canton, you know, they, they just see scoring goals for fun. You know, we're just trying our best to stick with them. Do you think it makes it slightly more interesting for sides like yourselves, you know, Sherborne and Wincanton? I mean, there are other teams in the equation as well, aren't there? I mean, Odd Down have been on a good run of form. Radstock, of course, would always talk themselves up in in terms of the top places. But, of course, we we look like, as long as everything sort of stays as it is, um, we look like we're going to be having playoffs at the end of the season. So rather than the t- traditional top two places being the ones that we target for promotion, you know, you could find yourselves finishing fifth and and still be still be in the mix up. So does that does that you know are you in favour of that format? The way Welton went off, yeah. <laughs> 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 I, don't, I don't think any of, any of the other teams thought they were going to catch them. I mean, I know they've had a little bit of a hiccup, and everybody does. You know, but, but I'm sure they'll be back. They'll have players back now, and I'm, I'm sure they'll they'll get back to winning ways. Um, but the way they went off, you think, well, I hope it's playoffs <laughs> because we're not going to catch them. But we are gradually wheeling them in, so you never know. Back onto the matters on the pitch. You've got Wells up next, then it's Portis Head. Both games are at Weymouth Street. So, what difference does it make to you and your team when you get a big home crowd sort of behind you? Well, it's great, uh, you know, a home match for starters at this time of the year, you know, being a bank holiday, the Wales game. Um, I know for one, if it keeps raining, it's going to be very heavy, um, which, which of course, a lot of the players are used to. And sometimes you have to adjust your style. You know, you can't always go out there and play fluid football on, on, a, on a heavy pitch. Um and to that degree, I think we, we do that quite well. You know, you've got to mix it up. Can't always, you know, the other day it devises. The pitch actually didn't cut up that bad, but it was very slippery. You know, the top surface was very slippery and it, and it was skidding about a little bit. And, and it was noticeable a lot of the players probably had the wrong studs on, as usual. And um, 
I was sliding around all over the place. But you, on that occasion, of course, you did play the conditions, I felt, you know, better than um, than devices. And I think it's interesting you talk about, you know, the, the fact that your side's been together now for the best part of three seasons, that I guess what you were talking about being streetwise, that experience does count for a lot. You know, the ability to play the conditions, perhaps against sides that have been, you know, that aren't as experienced about playing together or necessarily playing at this level, um, you know, that could be the difference, couldn't it, um, between, um, between sort of winning and losing? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, any manager will tell you the same. If you've got 11 guys listening to what you're saying and they're taking it on board, you did call me the Sam Allardyce of the Western League, which I was not very pleased about being an Everton supporter. I'm not a fan of Sam Allardyce, I'll be quite honest with you. Well, that wasn't um, me. That I, was that was the Radstock manager, <laughs> Ryan Child. Yeah, I know. I know, and I had a chuckle with Ryan about it. But um, I should know by now my way about, you know, and, and, and I do emphasise this to players and it's, um, you know, paramount that they take on board what you say and, and, and any manager will tell you if they do, you know, and that you do things the right way, more often than not you get success, you know, you, you it's adapting to the conditions and, and the situations in front of you and, and, and you, if you don't do that, you know, if you go out and play a certain way and you, you don't adapt yourself, you know, I'd say it's a bit foolish, really. On Monday, I had the pleasure of, um, of, of the company of your, of your chairman, um, Mr David Parry, and I know he's, um, he's obviously very enthusiastic um, about how well you're doing this season and, you know, talks very enthusiastically about the club both on and off the pitch. The other person I was really pleased that I managed to catch up with was Roland Millward. And I know we've talked about him before, Andy, but um, I don't get tired about talking about him because one of the reasons we do these interviews on the podcast is not just to shine a light on what's going on at our clubs, you know, clubs like Warminster, and you are doing very well at the moment, but also I like to think that there are people across the league who can take, take away you know, some of the insight that we get about what clubs are doing so well. And, and Roland is a shining example of that. I mean, the, the, the broadcast that he was doing on YouTube of the game against Devizes um, was being watched over in America. I mean, I think it was probably being watched in other countries as well. But I've seen social media comments from people watching the game in America. And, and I honestly believe, in all the time I've been covering Western League football, I don't think that there's anybody who's made such a massive difference to a club's profile than Roland has done to yours. And, you know, he, you know, like, like everything that goes on in the first division, he does it on a, on a, on a shoestring. But the enthusiasm is infectious and, and it, it must make such a difference to, you know, the profile of the club, not just in the town, but across the area. And, you know, it, it creates a buzz around the club. I mean, you know, how important do you think his contribution is? Massive. Massive. You know, we didn't have anything like that before Roland came along and he's, he's taken it all on board. Like you say, his enthusiasm for the club. He's not from Warminster, you know, so it makes it even better in a way. And, you know, I wake up in the morning, I've got, you know, notifications, Warminster Town supporter, you know, Warminster Town fan is on there, you know, tweeting away. And it's great for the club, you know, and, you know, David's come up, come on board as chairman this year. The players all look up to him. He's done, you know, it's a very difficult job being chairman of Warminster. Um, you know, 
people were a little bit set in their ways in this town. Um, he's, he's changed a lot of things. I know he's coming for criticism, but he's only doing what he thinks is best, you know, and, and sometimes things need to change and, and people need to take that on board. You can't just plod along like we have done for the last, I don't know how long. You know, we haven't had any success. That hasn't worked, you know, but we got to go careful in the same breath, you know, you've got to go careful. You know, we don't pay vast sums of money at all. You know, we, we've never done that. So you've got to, you know, it's one step at a time. And, you know, David and Roland, and, and among, among other people as well, you know, you know, there's, there's a guy that does the gate. He's done the gate for as long as I can remember. You know, Rodney used to do the tea hut. He did it when I was playing under 16. Now I'm, you know, I'm six. I'm 60 now, 61, and he was doing the gate, you know, he's doing the tea hut then. <laughs> you know what, you know, he spent his whole life doing the tea hut at Walmart's <laughs> You know, and people like that are just a godsend to any club. And my thanks to Andy for his time. Now, the last game we're going to cover on this week's episode of the podcast is Longwell Green Sports against Oldland Abertonians, and why wouldn't we? Well, not only was that a seven-goal thriller, which Tom is going to tell us about in a minute, but the, the figure seven also featured in the attendance, and it featured at the beginning. Mm-hmm. 756 people watched Sorry. this first division game. A quite astonishing attendance, Tom, and they saw quite an astonishing game. Absolutely. I, yeah, I had to sort of double-take when I saw that number, but obviously they've been doing some great work down there recently. Uh, revamp the the stadium and, and whatnot and the new pitch had been laid and what have you and uh, yeah I think a lot of people took the opportunity to check out a game there and uh, yeah it was a thrilling encounter I mean there was quite a lot of that's a sort of touched on earlier there was quite a lot of big home wins this weekend one-sided affairs I would say especially in the in the prem with most of the home sides coming out on top pretty pretty convincingly but this one yeah really did um, I think it was a seven-goal thriller as you as you mentioned um, it was probably the game of the day. And it was Longwell Green who eventually ran out four free victors. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, took a little bit of time to get going. Only one goal in the first half. So, uh, yeah, that was, and that went to Oldland, in fact, the away side, uh, going ahead through Aaron Mansfield after about 29 minutes or so. Uh, but then a, a free goal blitz, I think you'd have to call it, uh, just around 10 minutes into the second half, really did turn the game on its head. Uh, Leveling, leveling affairs, Longwell Green through uh, Zach Cheatham, uh, and that was then just a couple of moments later they really did, yeah, they turned the game on its head. Uh, Liam Oswin heading home to make it two-one, uh, and then yeah, almost before you'd have a chance to sort of sit back and take note, they were they were in again, and it was Kyle Parsons who added a third, so that was three-one after about an hour or so. Uh, Longwell Green looking like they'd uh, yeah done enough to probably uh, preserve the victory, but it was uh, yeah. Surprisingly enough, uh, another comeback, and that was obviously from Oldland, uh, and it was a Parsons of their own. So interesting enough, he, uh, yeah, uh, outdid his uh, outdid his opponent, and that was Craig. Uh, he turned the ball home to make it three-two, uh, uh, pulling goal back, uh, and then it was Dave Patterson uh, in the 88th minute, uh, securing what looked to be a draw for for the Abbots. Uh, but yeah, more drama, obviously. Of course, there was. It was one of those games, wasn't it? And it was a bit end to end. Uh, but it was uh, Longwell Green who managed to, to nick it. Uh, Ethan Felton slipping the ball home. And, uh, yeah, the bumper crowd really, yeah, had a game to to enjoy, I think. That was, yeah, seven goals. And, uh, well, not, what's not to love about that? Absolutely. Well, I'm, and I'm sure Longwell would hope that a fair few of those 756 mm. would uh, would uh, would come back and watch um, some more Western League football. And I think if they're going to be treated to matches like that, then they certainly, they certainly mm. will be. 
anyway, we will look ahead to the upcoming fixtures. And again, the fixture calendar has been broken down a little bit over the uh, the New Year period. We will kick off on um, um, Saturday, the uh, the first of uh, of January. And uh, there's a game in the Premier Division that's caught your eye, Tom. Yeah, a little bit. So hopefully, it, hopefully it goes ahead. Obviously, as, as you mentioned, there's been a lot going on with the fixtures and whatnot. But I think. Uh, uh, New Year's Day, uh, three o'clock kickoff, I believe, down at Buckland, down at Homer's Heath, and they take on Helston, um, who recently had their long unbeaten run uh, come to an end. So they now travel to take on a Buckland side who will be, yeah, smarting a little bit, a bit of a bit of a knock on on Boxing Day. So a home game for them against Helston. So I think that's probably the pick of the bunch in the, in the prem for the for the games uh, coming up this weekend. Moving on to Sunday, the 2nd of January, a, a game that's caught my attention in the first division is the match between Radstock Town and Wincanton Town. Of course, Wincanton going really, really well at the moment. Uh, Radstock, I'm sure they'll be looking for a reaction after that um, after that uh, loss, that heavy defeat away at Sherbourne. Um, of course, Radstock were, were looking forward to that Coalfield Classico over Christmas. So uh, hopefully they get a really big turnout for this game. Saturday, the 2nd of January, that's a one o'clock kickoff at Southfield's Recreation Ground. And I think there's another match in the first division on that day that's caught your eye, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's yeah, a local one for me, Old Down, uh, up in Bath here. Uh, and they host Longwell Green Sports, obviously coming off the back of a yeah, thrilling, thrilling victory, as we've just touched on. So it'll be interesting to see how they recover from that one. Obviously had quite a lot of home games recently, uh, so for them to travel, obviously not, not a huge distance, but to take on an odd downside, yeah, who are doing really well, I think. Um, obviously uh, started a little bit slowly, but they've really found their, found their uh, yeah, found the going pretty pretty good recently. So, yeah, one o'clock kickoff there uh, on Sunday. And um, just just for me to wrap this part of the, the podcast up, I think if we have a look, we've got some games going on on Monday, the 3rd of January. And I think after having a chat with Lee and Perks today, if Rislington can keep their good form going, and they travel um, literally a stone's throw across the road to Canesham Town. Um, so that's got a Derby feel about it. Uh, that's going to be a three, a 3 o'clock kickoff on Monday, the 3rd of January. And that's a game, of course, in our Premier Division. Now, before we wrap up 2021 on the Toolstation Western League podcast, we will take one final look at our league tables, Tom. And um, who goes into the new year? Who goes into 2022 topping our Premier Division? Mm -hmm. So we have, yeah, Tavistock. They're top of the bunch uh, at the end of 2021. Uh, 23 games played. That's the most in the division. So obviously a couple of sides below them will have uh, time, to, time to catch up potentially, but they have got a, a nice hefty lead. They're on 52 points, Tavistock. So they're top of the bunch. But Ditton still in second, uh, 21 games played. Uh, they're on 39. Uh, and then a couple of sides on 38. Uh, Exmouth and Mausel, who've played 20 and 18, respectively. Uh, you've then got a couple more sides, a further point back. Uh, Helston, who've played 19, and they're on 37 points. And Ilfracombe also on 37 points from their 20 games. Uh, and then Bridgewater, I think, uh, worth mentioning. They've got uh, 36 points from their 21 games. So uh, Tavistock, pretty pretty nice lead up at the top. Uh, 13 clear of Bitten, but then there's just three points covering second to seventh. So, uh, yeah, plenty to play for over the, the second half of the season. Yeah, and interesting to see sort of Mausel and um, Helston with those games in hand. If they can, mm. if they mm. can win those, then they'll be putting um, pressure on Tavistock. But it does look like Tavistock are sort of just easing away at, uh, at the top of the table. Um, 
And at the bottom of the table, um, Bridport uh, sit in 19th position, um, played 24. They've got three points. Six points above them, Ashton and Batwell United in 18th. They've got nine points. And then it's Street. They've played only 19 games, um, but uh, they've got and they've got 16 uh, points. And just sitting above them is um, is Cadbury Heath. They've played 23 games and they've got 17 um, points. Uh, so that's the foot of the of the Premier Division. And um, well, it's a predictable name that sits on top of our first division going into 2022, but not quite with the points lead that they once had, Tom. Indeed, it is Welton who, yeah, still lead the way. Uh, 23 games played and they've got 53 points. So uh, they do end the season, uh, end the year, uh, top of the top of the pile. Uh, but the uh, yeah, the gap has definitely closed below them, uh, as we know. Sherborne now 23 games played also. Uh, they're on 48 points. And Warminster, another team who played 23, so that's quite nice that the top three have all played the same amount of fixtures. They're on 47, so just six points covering the top three, which is definitely tighter than it has been uh, for, for much of the season. So those uh, those two have definitely caught up a little bit. And then you've got three points, uh, three teams sorry, uh, on 37 points, uh, sitting fourth, fifth and sixth, respectively. And you've got uh, Wincanton, Cheddar and Oddown, who are also having uh, pretty stellar seasons. Uh, and then Radstock, who, yeah, we touched on in this, this podcast, obviously they've played 22 and now on 36. So that's the top seven in the, uh, the first division. And at the foot of the first division table, we've got Devizes Town, um, play 24. They've got 14 points. Three points above them, Bristol Telephones. They've only played 19 games. They've got 17 points. The same number of points as Bishops Lydiard, who have played a game more, 20. Uh, Portishead, they are on 22 points and uh, and they have uh, they they are they've played 22 games and they are on 24 points that's 10 points clear of devices so that gives you an indication of the task that sits on devices shoulders if they are going to pull off the great escape and of course that's one of the themes that I'm going to be particularly interested in going into 2022 uh, now Tom we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin and um, where can the listeners find that so, yeah, that's uh, on the uh, Tool Station Western League website. It's about halfway down the homepage, uh, and you can yeah click on that and it'll take you to the, the most recent uh, publication. Um, do my best to sort of keep up to date with the fixtures and whatnot, which do seem to change quite a bit. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's got fixtures, results, uh, yeah, and all sorts on their tables, etc. And, uh, yeah, reports and stuff. So, uh, yeah, check it out if you can. That comes out every week. Uh, now, you've been doing the bulletin for a while, haven't you, it would be fair to say? Mm, a couple of years now, definitely, yeah. uh, And have you got any feel for how lo- how many bulletins you've, you've oh. edited over the years? Mm, I'm trying to picture how many. I can't quite remember how many seasons. Maybe four or five, potentially. So, I don't know. I would imagine it's in three figures. One comes out every week. So, yeah, I'd imagine it would be in, 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 in 100, potentially. I can't can't think exactly, but, yeah. Well, I can tell you how many podcasts we've done because oh, um, oh, I thought I'd, nice. I'd, I'd go back and have a bit of a look at this. And mm-hmm. since we started doing the Tool Station Western League podcast, uh, I can tell you that this was our 190th episode. Oh, there we go. So um, 10 more and we've hit 200. Cracking. There you go. And um, people are still tuning in, which is a miracle. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you, Tom, because without your bulletin and without your company every week, we wouldn't have the podcast. But also thank you, listeners, um, for mm-hmm. bearing with us. I think we've 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 tried to stick with you through thick and thin, even when we didn't have any football to talk about over the last couple of seasons. We've we've, we've still put out um, a podcast for you to enjoy. And, uh, you know, during the season in these changing times, certainly following the restructuring, and we've been able to welcome in many new teams to the Western League. And, of course, 
say goodbye to a fair few, but I'm reliably informed that most of those keep listening um, to the podcast. So for their company and for yours, we're, we're, we're very grateful. Um, and on that note, it really remains for me to say on behalf of Tom and myself, um, we hope you have a very happy new year and we look forward to welcoming you back on the first podcast of 2022.